0: I want to do a number of things today as this lesson unfolds within this particular moment of the now. First, to reinforce in our belief systems meaning what we have elevated in consciousness to the status of truth for we can put anything we care to on that status in our lives that we choose. Hence, what our consciousness is using as it interfaces with the one energy that is God or source to then reinforce our part, our place, and our status within this universe as well as our purpose within this moment and the moments that are yet to come. Secondly, and based on the law of consciousness or the law of attraction, if you will, I want to assist in our prioritizing what is vitally important for us personally and as a ministry maintain and therefore enhance our connectivity on a conscious level to the energy source that knows nothing other than its own reality, its own self. Hence, only life, only harmony, only abundance and only peace. Thirdly, to reinforce what I believe to be an absolute necessity on our part to either begin or to enhance a process that allows us to systematically be more deliberate in the life we are creating for ourselves, for remember, we are the creators of our own reality. And then, fourthly, if there is such a word, to encourage us to remember that everything moves so much more smoothly in our journey of creativity when we chill a bit, along with remembering that in this eternal process of that which we are engaged, we can never get it wrong because we never get it done because we are eternal. If we think of ourselves to be as generally accepted by the rank and file of humans, in other words, vulnerable, victim-prone, hapless to the choices made by others, and subject to the whims of others to whom we have given authority over our futures, then we will fall into the category of the vast majority of everyone else who look outward for input as to what they should believe and how they should feel. Unity's message continues to be that life is consciousness. And if we tend to our consciousness and keep it where it is meant to be, then the only circumstance and environment that will outpicture as our reality will be the nature of our source who only knows itself, this energy that only is self cognizant. We need to be very clear as we intermingle who we generally accept ourselves to be and who in truth we are. Mary Ellen and I are continually seeking to have conscious clarity in this area, in this arena of our lives. For we understand that like a three-legged stool, if one of the legs is not cooperating with the mission of the stool, which is to support a life fulfilled, then nothing works as it should, as it could. Are you clear? Let's be totally clear as to who we are. You can always go back to a different definition of this should you care to do so in a few moments. But understand that you are far more than a son, than a daughter, than a child of God. For using this, even within our best analogies, places you and God in your belief system of who you are as separate and apart. And if this stated analogy even partially resembles the foundation of which you have elevated to truth within your belief system, then you are seeking to participate in life's smorgasbord of joy and abundance with your feet hobbled and one hand tied behind you and the other with a very small fork or spoon. Why? Have you ever personally experienced or witnessed an example of a relationship between a parent and a child that was contagious? Or I should say contentious, maybe contagious as well too. Maybe even you and your parents or siblings were anything but loving and supportive. So with this definition, of how this relationship has worked for you, you cannot accurately use it as an example for seeking to understand your relationship with your source with God. Why? Remember, everything has a vibrational equivalent. And if we seek to understand our relationship with the energy we call God, but based upon an experience between us and our parents that wasn't supportive and happy, then this becomes the foundation of expectation for our interface between us and God. Then, believing and extrapolating this erroneous thesis into other areas of our spiritual belief systems, they are the basis behind the many stories about such things as the final judgment, the unforgivable sin, and on and on and on. None of it is true. Understanding our relationship with this activity of pure being, source God, of course it had to begin somewhere within the earliest of what we would call the history of man and woman upon this planet. And the Old Testament's Jehovah was a certain beginning as we endeavored to put a name and a title to this energy that we sensed to be there. And that morphed in a slightly better direction as Jesus used the term Father. For while not perfect, as it yet carried with it the challenge that we just spoke to, it was better understood by his hearers. At least it carried with it a slightly warmer, more cuddly feeling than the older words and concept. Why is this important? Everything vibrationally builds upon the foundation we believe to be true. If this vision into how our lives work isn't logical to you, then consider the possibility that really you are yet holding within consciousness a vision of life as really a gigantic crapshoot that includes accident and luck and chance, along with a whole enchilada of similar things and beliefs. And with this, please understand that the law of consciousness or the law of attraction can do nothing but bring reinforcing experiences, people, events into your life. We really wouldn't want it to operate in one fashion over here and in another fashion over here. We want the law to be consistent. We just would rather not have this consistency here because we have put in bad input but it still works as the good input over here works as well. And so it is consistent and we then have the joy of learning how to be a cooperative partner in the working of the law for joy and abundance and light. Miserable sinner concepts intermingled with a judgmental universe, if held as a truth within consciousness, they will bring experiences that will appear to reinforce this, as will our buying into the rantings of the doom and gloom prognosticators, along with the actions of some that might be labeled by you as inane or fiscally irresponsible, They bring energies where into our vibrational universe, into our vibrational signature, that will then reach out for an automatic response from that which is central casting and carpentry for inviting these energies into our innermost being. Responding to them will bring experiences that we will think will be lack and shortage. That we do not have to do. What I am saying is that nothing can come into our lives that doesn't find a vibrational match within us. For this is how we are the creators of our own reality. Now, how does something become a part of our vibrational signature? One of two major ways, we shout yes at something or we scream no at something. So the question of the day is, what are we shouting no toward? Forget the affirmative stamps of approval we place on happy things, for that isn't what brings into our life challenges. People never come to Mary Ellen or to me and say, I've had too much happiness in my life, help me. You know, that seldom happens. Whatever we give attention to, and this is regardless of our putting a label on it as unwanted or even repugnant or repulsive, everything has an energy or vibrational pattern. And this attention on our part to it vectors into our consciousness that very same energy pattern that now, but as a part of our vibrational signature, we are offering it to the universe. It finds more of the same for us to experience and obviously enjoy, for why would we have asked for it in the first place? Let's go back for a moment to another vital part of this understanding that allows us to fish rather than cut bait. It is our relationship with the energy we call God or source. Remember, it is greater than father-child, greater than father-son, uh, greater than father-daughter concepts that carry with them their own set of inaccuracies and limitations. What we now discover is the reason behind why, as the psalmist said, we, what we think becomes our life. For as we rediscover who we truly are, the very essence of pure being, of God, of source energy, presently, but here in physical form, here participating within the dance of creation itself, and factor this awareness more and more into our conscious moments. Life becomes progressively what it is intended to be. The power you wield is the same power that created universes. So how does this creative experience work? Remember, The universe is vibrationally based. We know that color, light, sound, everything. And all things can be defined as a vibrational frequency. Thought can do. We always have the choice as to what we want to dance or play with by virtue of where we apply our focus. Shouting no at something has the same impact of shouting yes, for it isn't the words we speak It's the focus we give to an energy that is but masquerading at that moment as person, place, event, or thing. So become embroiled, become resentful, angry, downright mad about or over anything. And the longer we stay there, the more we watch, the more we talk about it, or the more we march against it the more we are making ourselves open and receptive to the vibrational equivalence of where the focus of our energies are placed. Hence, can you see it's the genesis of all disease? Because what we are uh, against, that energy, finds something that vibrates in the same pattern. It isn't happy. And it's the genesis of all unhappiness. It's the genesis of all lack in our lives. We are the creators of our own reality. Can you see this? Indeed, as we think within our hearts, remember what the psalmist said, as um, as a person thinketh within their heart, they are bringing the concept of thought and feeling here together. Whatever we focus upon becomes our life. So what are we focusing upon? The law that governs this is as dispassionate as is the law that allows two plus two to be four. Or gravity to keep us from floating off to who knows where. So, what have we done with God now? You have taken away my Lord and I know not where you have buried him. You know, that's sometimes the first lament when we move away from an anthropomorphic being into something else because it's so rare and new and un. Okay, no longer an anthropomorphic essence who can be convinced to come and do something, but now understood to be an energy. Yes, we can define it if we wish as liquid love, but also an energy that has chosen through us, as us, an adventure here in physicality on the leading edge of how the universe itself is expanding. That's who you are. Friends, we is it. Within this energy, we are the creators of our own reality. And if in charge of this and understanding why and how, we can now choose to either dance with the dance of recession or depression and beyond, or we can make the conscious choice not to, but we have to make the choice to fish or cut bait. Lackadaisical, sloppy, apathetic, stupid choices on our part, as we mesh with the law of consciousness or the law of attraction, and we can't ever exclude ourselves from that activity, is the knee-jerk choice to cut bait. And making that choice, and because we will not like the outcome, and will probably increase the volume of our bitching and moaning, will then give us more energy to what we don't want and bring more of it into a focus within our life. So, now what? What do we do? We begin more to be the godlings that in truth we already are. And we not only monitor then where we are allowing our attention to be focused, hence being far more selective, as we realize that this focus becomes like a Star Trek tractor beam to vibrationally draw the equivalent of our focus into our lives that will manifest as person, place, event, circumstance, thing, or condition. Can we have a clue as to what is being drawn, what we are attracting before it actually solidifies into manifest form, for thankfully, This dimension provides us with a buffer of time in this regard? Of course we can. Take an example that recently has appeared perhaps on your radar screen, as you have watched the news or as you've watched people talk about something that has come out of our capital in Washington or North Korea or China or Afghanistan or Fargo, or, and now your fill-in for that one, okay? If watching it, brought joy, pleasure, anticipation, excitement, appreciation, and love bubbling over, then the vibrational equivalence thereof will be vitality, wholeness, abundance, and fulfillment. You see, how you felt during these observed moments or of watching or talking are the indicators of what, if left unchanged, will reach out and bring a focus within your own life, similar frequency, things, circumstance, events, and people. So as a conscious or knee-jerk reaction, we each fish or cut bait every moment of our lives. If left to default, hence to the energies of they who know not and know not that they know not, then settle in to join the many who will be able to say, see, I told you so, see, what I feared most has come upon me. Well, never could it just descend upon you all by itself. No more than what we love and appreciate can link up with abundance and wellness only to magically descend upon us all by itself. It is a process. And because we are God or source energy that has extended but a portion of our totality, of our unique individualization, of the eternalness of this, the only energy that is into physicality, into the leading edge, walking the point of the dance of creativity, we get to call the shots. Let's talk about my third goal, which is something to begin or enhance in this process. Number one, make it a policy of your being that you will never stay centered in anything that is, that doesn't feel good. That you will never fan the flame in thought or conversation. For if it doesn't feel good as you stir around in it, then it is telling you that you don't want its energy frequencies into your vibrational signature. And in this process, there is never a, but I'm just kidding. Number two, make it a concerted, may create or update your treasure map that has images of the desired things, encounters, circumstances, along with words that speak to appreciation, and worthiness and thankfulness that you look at often. Number four, remind yourself often of who you are until this awareness sublimates anything you might have been taught along the way. Who are you? In first person. I am source energy presently participating in a physical form here on the leading edge of the expanding universe. And then as I often add, and I can never get it wrong because I never get it done, I am eternal. And then chill more, play more, do things that are fun as often as you can. Don't ever fall into the trap of thinking that your mission is to please another at your expense. Your mission is joy and you get to choose the venue. You're doing it all the time, but to do it on a conscious level, aha, chill more, There are no hoops you have to jump through, certainly no imposed standards of religiosity to which you must subscribe in order to be found in the favor of a God that never existed in the first place. Find ways to play more and realize that the only reason you ever emotionally feel anything unpleasant is because in that brief moment you are out of alignment with who in truth you are. Nothing more. Don't ever make a big deal about feeling bad, just reach for something that is happy and joy filled. And then if you have as a part of your daily practice the Lord's prayer, see how you feel when you add a couple of words to one of the the stanzas in the prayer. Hallowed be thy name. The added words as I might say it. Hallowed be thy name. Thy name is Larry. God bless.